0: Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, The MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of The MAD Podcast, The Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you, as always, by Broken Drift Productions and Banana Bros. They got me a new dope (laughs) Banana Bros shirt here. Make sure you go online and check out At Broken Drift Productions and at AZ Banana Bros. My name is Miles Weber. I am your host for the podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host on the podcast and my co-host in life, my wife, Heather Weber. Hello, dear. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm good.
0: How are you? I'm amazing.
1: I'm home now, so I'm doing amazing. So I like you home. Oh, I love me home. It's the best, best day ever. And then with us, our co-host from Canada, comedian, Susan Thompson. Susan, how you doing? Good. You're home too. Yes. So
2: it's nice to be home.
1: <laughs> right? I know. It's where the heart is. Somebody said that once. I forget. but no. uh, And with us today, we have uh, therapist Judith Joinville, who is going to be talking to us about PTSD. Judith, how are you today?
3: I'm doing great. Lovely to be seeing all you beautiful people.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's
3: raining. It's raining. That's the best.
1: Yes. Yes. We need the rain. Got to have that, that, that water coming from the sky. You know what I mean? You love, you love a plant, water it. And then, yeah, now God is opening the skies up to water us. We appreciate talk it. Talk
3: about, talk about trauma, project, projective trauma.
1: <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get the waterworks going here today. Cause yeah, we've had, we've had a, a couple of people on the last couple of weeks, the last couple of episodes of the podcast talking about all the different layers of ptsd from uh trauma amongst women all the way to the military we had last week and so yeah i mean from your clinical standpoint uh as far as ptsd goes um what are i think we've got a good grasping on the many faces of what it is and how it manifests what do you think are some common misconceptions that people get with ptsd
3: Common mis- misconceptions are, it's all in your head, mm-hmm. get over it, you know, you can get over it, just uh, don't think about it, move on. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, kind of this tough, tough I mean, guy attitude, right? Like tough, the- yeah,
3: tough love. Um, it's all in your head. PTSD actually causes changes in the brain. hmm and it doesn't mean that it can't change back, you know, but it does, it does create um, definite changes, especially in the amygdala, which is kind of the flight or, fo- flight or fight part of the brain. Um, it could be considered, it is considered a medical condition. So telling somebody to move on and get over it is okay. it's not accurate.
1: Right, well the, the get over it thing, I'm just like, what? Okay, how? What's the step? Like, I mean, the, 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 what's the thing that we do? I mean, somebody who's just like, "Oh, get over it." I'm like, "Oh, so you've got a 12 to 15 step program that you're about to Stop suggest to me." About it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, just cuz you don't have time for the emotion, then don't give energy to the conversation.
3: Well, and and it's it also could be considered a, weak, a weakness by some people. Yeah.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I vehemently disagree. And there was another thing yeah, you said. Yeah, I, I you, agree. There's another thing you mentioned in there, the, the tough love, which I'm just like, I'm always like, no such thing. You just don't know how to love the right way.
3: Right.
0: Yeah. And
3: it's another misconception is that uh, some people don't get PTSD and that's, that's not accurate. Anyone can get PTSD. The studies say that... Um, seven to ten out of a hundred people get it and i think it's a lot more than that i think that's maybe what's actually diagnosed Mm -hmm. a lot of people think it only happens to the military but that's bs of course um yeah so those are those are just some of the things that uh i'm sure there's more
1: oh yeah absolutely absolutely um (laughs) when when you as far as like, is there a spectrum, you would say, of PTSD? Is there a certain type of group? Because I mean, like you said, the the people think it's only in the military. And then the other side thinks that it might be only in certain women or only in certain other people. But it really can happen to a lot of people. Um, do you see like, is there a generation right now that's really be, being susceptible to PTSD? Or do you think that it's always been here? We're just really starting to try and deal with it now.
3: I think that there's a lot more. Of- research on it there's a there's some wonderful therapists and brain researchers doing great work finding out more about it like that like that it actually is does change the brain there's a um book called oh
0: gosh what's the name of it
3: heather what's that book that you and i were both reading
0: um your body keeps count body keeps the score yeah body keeps the score Mm -hmm.
3: yeah by bessel van der Mm -hmm. he talks about all, all of his experiences working with PTSD and all different types of situations, especially group homes, psychiatric hospitals. Um, and he uses a bunch of you know different modalities like yoga, working on the mat, screaming. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, he's he's got it's a really good book. I would yeah. recommend that for anyone who is interested in PTSD. It's very readable.
0: It's a very awesome. interesting book. And they also, um, I got a workbook that goes with it. So if oh, you're really? trying to, yeah, if you're trying to work through some stuff, uh, there's a workbook that goes along with it. So you can do a lot of shadow work and stuff like that through it. So oh, I just got awesome. that last week. So I'm starting that. Well, thanks. I didn't even know that. It's yeah. Out of touch. I am with that. <laughs> It's got really
3: small print. I wish it was bigger print because I have to find my biggest glasses to wear. <laughs> um, as far as the spectrum, Miles, I'm not sure what you mean by a spectrum. I mean, I think, you know, I've worked with little tiny kids in psychiatric hospitals and I've worked with older people. Are you talking about age, spectrum in terms of age?
1: I was thinking more of the degree of it, like, or or would you say that you see minor cases of PTSD or real grandiose extreme cases of PTSD? Because I mean, that's something where I think we can truly speak to, yeah, no, it is probably way more common than people understand if there is in fact a spectrum from like this one to this one.
3: Well, I guess the extreme would be a mass shooting. I've worked mm-hmm. with someone who was in a mass shooting where that person saw a lot of people killed in front of her and she ran. So that was probably maybe one of the most extreme cases. I also debriefed people from Ground Zero during the, that that went on for about six weeks. So I had trauma from that, probably still do. And then there's little tiny kids with PTSD because their parents are fighting or, you know, there's violence in the home. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I imagine it's probably, it's probably harder for, uh,
1: as the dogs go nuts. I know.
0: Oh, right? yeah. I'm like, That's perfect timing.
1: I know. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably harder for kids to get diagnosed because PTSD can get misdiagnosed for like ADD if there's weird triggers or something like that. I'm going to mute myself now.
3: Absolutely. That's a good point, Heather. A lot of, I think, you know, I've had people come to me and with what seems like an anxiety disorder, and they'll say stuff like, oh, my whole family has anxiety. And then when you dig deeper, it's kind of like being a detective. When you dig deeper, you find out that someone really special was horrifically murdered or killed, and the whole family has been suffering from it. So it's not really that it's anxiety is genetic, it's that something happened or something happened, like I was saying earlier, intergenerational trauma. Um, that's, that's a really interesting thing that I would like to talk about. So does that answer your question, Miles?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, I I, I remember seeing you years ago and, and, and speaking to my childhood and my dad, where it was just like, feel the sense that he was always a ticking time bomb of aggression that you never know when he's just going to fly off the handle. But you ask him or my family, certain members of the family are just like, oh, well, That doesn't count and i'm just like are we
3: yeah
1: (laughs) like are we keeping score now like really like no this this isn't good you know and so yeah the body does keep score exactly shameless plug so (laughs) so yeah i mean like that's where it is you know i mean it's it i feel like we too often uh, i mean we get into a pissing match with each other over who had it worse And I'm like, you're missing the point. We all deserve better than we're getting in most cases. So, I mean, yeah, all the way up to seeing people murdered, all the way down to... I just don't know when this guy's gonna lose it again. I mean, because uh, it's daily. So, so yeah, it, it, the the I think this speaking to the spectrum of it is really really important. So that way people don't feel like they're crazy or that they have something going on that is out of the depth or like they need to, like you said earlier. You know pull up their big boy pants or whatever you want to call it and just kind of "Ah, deal with it it's a my dad did it to me and i'm fine and it's like that's real miserable energy that Mm -hmm. because you got screwed up now you're gonna screw everybody else up who breaks the chain homie so so yeah no i i i'm not fine
2: they just they're not fine they just don't admit to not being fine
1: yeah Mm -hmm. it's 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 the rest of the world it's the rest of the world's problem
2: well in a trauma
3: Oh, sorry. What
2: were you saying, Susan? No, that was it. I'm just like exactly what Miles was saying. People are like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, no, you're really not fine. You just there seems to be this issue with adults. As soon as you admit there's something that's not right, that you've made a grave error and you're a horrible human being. It's like, no, humans aren't perfect.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I, I, I think very often we get so hung up on the legacy of it because when it's been a pattern to for somebody to call out like, Hey, this probably, you're probably not doing this the right way. I think we get hung up on the, Oh, well, I've been doing this the whole way and we're so used to being berated. We start berating ourselves and it's way easier to just shut that down instead of looking at that. Whereas it's like, if we just shift the focus to Yeah, but what's the alternative? You don't learn that lesson from this honest person and you just keep acting this way. You can also look at it as like, oh, I didn't know I was doing this the wrong way. Thank God you came along and told me. Like, now I I know more now than I knew 30 seconds ago. I've grown in this moment and I can take this information and start planting seeds of change and moving forward. But we get so hung up. I think on just trying to chastise herself for doing the thing in the first place. It's like, don't sit too hard on that pity party with yourself, take the lesson and the growth. And now let's turn it into something positive as opposed to just beating yourself up about it. I feel like people beat themselves up a lot.
3: Oh yeah.
1: Um, Well,
3: there's there and there's lots of ways to move forward with that, you know, Counseling therapy is one, EMDR is another one. There's a new thing called a new, uh, what is not a thing, it's a new approach. It's called brain spotting, and that's going, that's actually been working well around the world. And don't ask me to explain it. I had it done to me, and I know all I know is a woman held a little stick and tried to see where I felt better in one part of the, the brain. I'm going to take the course because I think it can help a lot of people. I work a lot with EMDR and I've seen amazing changes. Uh, my- e-
1: explain to people who don't, because I don't know that we've covered that yet. What? on this podcast, EMDR. For those who don't know yeah, what yeah. that is, what does it stand for and what it is
3: stands, it? It stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And what it is is bilateral stimulation. The way I use it virtual on the computer is by having asking someone, it kind of takes you back to the original trauma. Like what, what was the story? What was the worst part of that story? Um, what did you believe about yourself well i failed or i was i was a coward or um what else there's something wrong with me and you take that and you you go with a positive cognition so you've got these two poles and you have the person install a resource by tapping so i ask people to tap um tap in close your eyes and tap in a spiritual icon or protective, any kind of protective being and go to a safe place so that you have that resource. And then you begin the tapping and you ask the person to go think about the negative cognition. Is it really true? And what? how can you change the picture? I add that in because some people don't realize that they can change the picture. So for someone who has been in a mass shooting, you know, they might think of some way they could go after the the shooter, you know, hmm. or they may see the SWAT team come in and take down the shooter. But it does change the picture, and they feel a lot better. It's not sense. for it's not for everybody. I I think that for the people that I've done that with, I think that I would say probably two thirds of the people get some relief and. And make a shift in their thought patterns about the trauma. It's pretty cool. I like it. I, I awesome. like doing it. Another thing is exposure therapy, and I I know that some people in the military have experienced that, and I'm not sure exactly how they do it, but it's done with computer games, I think. And it in and, and again, it takes you back to that same trauma, and you work your way out of it. I believe that's how the military does it sometimes.
1: Well it seems yeah, it seems like most of the ways that you're describing uh, of of being able to handle it is working through it like yes. actually it, it, unfortunately yeah, there unfortunately you can't just oh, I just won't think about it for my whole life. Mm, yeah, but you don't know where this I'm is manifesting what? and and or you're just gonna work o- overload your plate, right Susan?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's just forget about it and just load everything on there, so we don't have to focus on anything else. We're just too busy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Until it comes down.
1: Yeah, I, I don't have the time to, to handle yeah. with the trauma or go back there. It's like, yeah, but you got to sleep at some point. And I mean, your your mind, when you need to work on stuff, the subconscious has a way of kind of going, hey, remember this thing that you're not dealing with? You should probably deal with it, but you really do have to work through it. I do like what you described with the EMDR. Uh, the tapping's a good thing. I know like you worked with me on the tapping uh, and that really, really helped. There's something very calming. I'll even do it now when I, uh, you know, I get into these new, like I call them bombs, you know, I've told Heather where it's like a gratitude bomb or a love bomb or where I'll just like start tapping my chest and I can really get that rhythm going and just be like, isn't it great? Isn't today amazing? Isn't it wonderful? (laughs) How effortless, like I just put things together and one thing run after the other. It's just all so amazing. And the birds are chirping and the sun is out. Oh man, we could be in a place where this is. And I'll just gratitude bomb. And it's just, and it's set to the rhythm of a tap that I just put in my chest. And it's just like the beat of a positive drum. But I like what you were talking about the MDR. You're basically rewriting the movie. You're rewriting yeah, the story. Exactly. You're, you're taking the exactly. control back.
3: Exactly. Yeah. You're being in charge and you're calling in whoever, whatever you want to do. And some people aren't visual. They don't, they have a hard time with it. So it's, it's, um, it, it may not be for everyone.
1: For sure, for sure, for sure. But um, it is
3: wonderful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you see uh, a a lot of people sticking with these coping mechanisms or or really just trying to stick through getting over it? And if do people really ever end up getting over some of the trauma or does it really just become a means to an end of managing it better than they used to?
3: Sometimes people come back And they're, you know, they come back for more because something else happened or something they remembered. And, you know, another event that got unleashed, you know, and it took a little bit of time. So they come back for more, for more EMDR.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I know um, we've uh, talked about PTSD with uh, people on the outside looking in, you know, like loved ones in the, in the military. I know this is very common, because we've talked to people about it, where, you know, you're sleeping in the bed next to your loved one, and they're having a flashback in their sleep. And now you're in a chokehold or something, you know, what I mean, and, and, and then that becomes very nerve-wracking when you need to go to sleep. You know, when you're supposed to just be in an ultimate state of relaxation and recharging, it it becomes scary to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, From the standpoint of a loved one or someone close to someone who is experiencing PTSD, what advice do you have for them to be able to be supportive, but also like, I don't know, like you have to set up your boundaries, don't you, to be able to protect yourself to a certain degree? And,
3: well, um, I think it's important at that point uh, for the the spouse to get their own therapy and become skilled at helping to talk their spouse down. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. and that maybe even
0: hmm? that makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: It doesn't. Yeah.
3: It doesn't help to meet trauma with trauma.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, want to do that. So breathing I would recommend if some if someone is actually sleeping with a partner who who is um waking up with a gun or with violence um I might recommend that they sleep separately for a while until things calm down that doesn't sound like a very safe situation. Mm-hmm. Your last guest that I listened to, he talked about his current wife being, I think it was his current wife, being very skillful at staying calm and just staying with it. That that takes a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are actually geared to do that, especially if they have their own trauma going on. Yeah. So.
0: Very true. What were you, I know you wanted to talk about the intergenerational trauma.
3: Yeah, I think it's something with. Yeah, interesting doesn't get talked about very much, at least um, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it. So let's say, you know, you're, you're a young um, Jewish woman and your parents or grandpa- well, probably grandparents were in the Holocaust and you don't know why you're feeling anxious, you know? <laughs> so you don't know why you're afraid to, uh, to go to school. Or to have your parents leave. And when you understand, when one understands that there is such a thing as intergenerational trauma, and whether it's passed through the DNA or behaviors or something, I don't know. I don't know that much about it, but it makes sense for people to to get some help, you know, to learn to manage their anxiety and to learn more about it and learn about what they can do to help correct it in their family.
0: Mm -hmm. I would say it's essentially trauma that didn't directly happen to them, but happened to somebody in their family, but they're feeling the stress of it. Okay.
3: I'll give you, you know, in my family, my father was a native, native American and he was in he was one of the people that went to boarding school, so he was he was really a lost man. You know, he never he hardly ever talked. He never talked about what happened to him until he was in his 80s and um, he, he was watching Oprah Winfrey with my mother. And she was talking about molestation. He goes, Oh, that's what happened to me. And so, you know, that was the first time my mother knew about it. It's the first time they told me. My mother said, Oh, uh, Judith works with um, people that have been molested. And um, so he told me about it a little bit, but not much. It was hard to get him to talk. But, you know, during growing up, I always felt like there was something wrong you know, there's something wrong with our family, which is probably why I became a therapist, (laughs) fix myself. And I can't fix my family, but I can fix other help other help other people fix themselves.
1: Oh, yeah, though, I feel the exact same way. I mean, that's why we're going into the the, the business venture in the next chapter of our lives that we're going into trying to oh, yeah? help. Yeah. Trying to help entertainers and help with mental health and doing this podcast. I mean, it's kind of a way of just like, okay, well, I mean, maybe I can lead the charge and the family will follow. The loved ones will follow and everything, you know, but I, I what you're speaking to about the intergenerational trauma, I mean, it's gotta be like an energy thing, man. I mean, I don't think people talk, you know, you can call it woo woo. You can call it Eastern, whatever you want to call it. I mean, like energy is all the vibe man. And, and so there's something to be said about, you know, what you're saying with your, your, your father and everything that happened, but also thinking of like a, a the, the example you gave of a, a woman who survived the Holocaust and it's just getting passed down, you know, it, it, seeing Heather, carry our child they're one they're kind of one person right now like i mean so when she feels good he'll kind of be dancing around and everything's good you know i mean but if she's stressed that's just they're literally living in whatever they're bathing in
3: stress hormones (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: whatever energy you're taking on they're just they're trapped in it and so that's why with heather i'm just like as much happy stuff as we can, we can, man. Let's let's just love bomb this kid, man. Let's just make it all wonderful. And so, I mean, I, to, I we're doing good enough to where he's dancing so much. He's like, let me out, and we're like, not yet, not yet. Just too early, not yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait a little bit. Um, but um, but yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for you know steeping yourself in that energy, and I think it is a, a leading case for. We all got to work on it, man. Like they're really running from it, trying to put a band aid on it. You're not doing anyone any favors like we we all have to really sit in it and be able to process it, learn from it, and then try and find a way to healthily The thing is, there was something you gave me when we were in therapy together and you, you told me to just visualize it as a stream, you know, just kind of going down and I would just watch myself, put it down in the stream. And just watch it go, and then just move. And yeah, so that's, that's to this day. That's still something that that's something I tell Heather all the time. You know, I call it the stream of consciousness. Watch yourself put it down, the stream of consciousness,
3: and just oh, let, well, thanks. let it. Thanks go. for sure. He says that a lot, actually. <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard yeah. it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. There's
3: so many different ways to to work with this, you know. And visualization is a very powerful one, and also the breath, you know. Just letting letting the trauma go out through the breath there's lots of um exercise there's so many exercises i keep learning more all the time you know and and it's easy to overwhelm clients i have to keep saying am i overwhelming you <laughs> so i just want to keep giving more and more tools but finding one that works is pretty powerful mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. Hyp- hypnotherapy is another possibility because i Hmm?
2: I use that one, you self-hypnosis do? and hypnotherapy, yeah. And it do works. you have a hypnotherapist, or do you do
3: it, do it on
2: your I own? I did. I was seeing a, uh, I was seeing a hypnotherapist for a while, and then um, she started to teach me self-hypnosis. So when I'm in that place, I'm able to kind of – it's not easy to zone everything out and get it to that place to do it, but it it, it does work. It's, it's actually – I'm actually amazed that something – you think it's so simple? You're like, oh, it's not going to work, it, and it does. It yeah. really. It, there's just something about it that works.
1: Yeah. People I'm don't so- understand how the mind works, man. I mean, no. like we we really, I, I it, you know, to, 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 it's like a conspiracy theorist train that people always hop on. But I mean, like people in power don't want you understanding how powerful your mind is. Like, it is within their best interest that you don't understand how the mind works, because we don't. We just – people – I know of people who are like, "Ah, hypnosis, it's all a bunch of hooey. Those people are just pretending. No. No, you don't understand. It's actually – it's a real thing, and it does help. People do – the easy ones are like, what, quitting smoking, losing weight, stuff like that, you know, but – to be able to heal trauma or be able to use it as a coping mechanism to, to, to get into a state of hypnosis or a state of meditation, you know, I mean, very similar, you know, you can, you can get into deep meditative states where it's just neutral and this, this new calm is, you know, and so, yeah, you know, I feel like we just, we need to all better educate ourselves on how the, the mind works, what the mind is capable of doing, rewiring The brain you know i think there there's a lot of new research with psilocybin therapy that's coming which is kind of helping people rewire their brain and make new neural pathways and and there was a a guy who made the analogy where it was like it was like a new fresh batch of snow that falls on a mountain all those tracks aren't really dug Mm -hmm. in anymore the new snow just comes on and you can make new neural pathways so yeah mind is a powerful thing
3: Well, in cognitive behavioral therapy, it's a good way to make new neural pathways, too, you know, where you keep challenging your thought distortions. And, you know, you ask yourself uh, if you're thinking of something, if you're assuming that something is negative or a person is looking at you a certain way and they don't like you or whatever, you know, you've got a bad vibe about them, you... You ask yourself, "What else could it be?" I mean, that's my takeaway uh, from cognitive behavioral therapy. Just keep asking, "What what are the alternate possibilities?" You know, yeah, all the time, all the time. That's rewiring. The other thing that I talk about a lot is that your your subconscious mind is like a little child, and it believes what you tell it. And so even, you know, if you're talking all day to yourself about God, I really fucked up and this is, you know, I'm terrible. I'm, you know, I can't do anything right. If you had a child next to you, what what would what would that child be like? If you were talking to that child that way, you know, a lot of us did have that. Mm-hmm. We did have that, so we we it was hardwired, and we had to do all these things to get rid of it, or at least to to modify it at the very least. And um, that's a way to rewire your brain too. There's a really good book called The Brain That Changes Itself, and I can't remember. It's a I think it's an MD who wrote it. It's a super interesting book, The Brain That Changes Itself. Yeah, it's got all sorts of new new ideas and new things to do with the brain and devices. And it's just awesome. And I think he's written two other books, Norman, Norman, something or other. I can't remember his last name, but it would be a good, good book for anybody who wants to study the brain and and the possibilities that exist.
1: Yes. And, and that we're going to, we're going to add that one to the readers list for sure. But Heather and I also started reading a, a book called by Dr. Wayne W dire uh change yeah. your thoughts change your life
3: oh i haven't read that one yet that's good, good. it's,
2: it's so
0: really good. Good. So good
1: oh yeah it's 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 a lot of like Tao wisdom so i mean very eastern uh wisdom absolutely and he really just breaks down these ancient ways of being that have just been around forever especially in the yeah. east and he's just like this is what I took away from it and this yeah. is what, and I've just been writing out quotes from it and just all of it just the different perspectives in it can't recommend it enough I I mean I'm just uh, a couple hours into into starting reading it I was listening mm-hmm. to it on the plane ride home and I was like this mm-hmm. is amazing so yeah, yeah there there's there's no shortage of really great literature Um, but I'm always all also always so fascinated at the stuff that resonates with me ends up being stuff that's been around for a long time. And so I'm just like, man, yeah, we really got a way in the West where, yeah, we've got some things that we're super advanced in and we're on the cutting edge of, but there's some things that we're super far behind on. Help. Mm -hmm.
3: Hopefully they'll start teaching it in schools. Hopefully that's, wouldn't that be something. I used yeah. when my kids were little I used to go into school and teach uh, meditation and visualization and yoga and weaving and all that. They loved it. They were just eating it up. Yeah. Yeah, we need well, to get I mean, back
0: to that. Even just like the basics of nutrition, you know. It's yeah. it's very We, we, in, in school, we just like scratch the surface of nutrition and don't actually go through inflammation and stress and how it affects everything and just all the layers from there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And inflammation is one of the things that affects the brain big time, big Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 The
2: whole system needs an overhaul. We don't even teach kids how to balance a checkbook or get a mortgage. So
0: (laughs) we also also took cursive. What's that? We also took cursive away, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what are you learning in school now? Yeah. It actually surprised me. I'm like, oh, so none of this will prepare you for being able to look
0: after yourself in the future. Excellent. Right. So. I was also even just reading a thing. I don't know if it's true or not, so don't quote me on it, but that they're taking out like regular clocks because kids can't reach them, so they're going all digital. It's true. My daughter's school, they got rid of them.
3: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Oh no.
2: It's it's weird. It's like this hand-holding, very basic, don't do anything to upset anybody. And I'm like, welcome to being an adult. You are going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be around people that make you uncomfortable. You need to talk. You need to learn how to talk. They are taught to take tests and if they ask questions they're anarchists and it and it blows my mind i'm like no wonder kids are having trouble with yeah ptsd and they don't know how to process feelings and uh even the basics of sex education i'm kind of going i got mad at the school program i was like you guys have taught them everything except how to deal with another human being in that moment you mm-hmm. haven't taught them anything about reading personal be- other persons behaviors nothing yeah And they're surprised. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, (laughs) we don't teach them how to read body language and breathing. And look at their eyes. The eyes tell a lot. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. The eyes are the window into the soul, man. And I mean, like, with the 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 clocks goes down to like self sufficiency. I feel like I feel like we're systems are now Mm -hmm. institutionalizing trauma in a generation from an early age. Like the clock seems like a little thing. It's like, hey, if the grid goes down and we gotta go back to sundials, these kids aren't gonna know how to read it. And that's a very basic, important thing. Can you make fire? Can you figure out how to identify certain things and support yourself if all of the digital goes away? Because yeah, there is a certain layer of trauma that is institutionalized on, no, we give you all the information. If you need to know something, you come to us and we will have a pre-approved, government-stamped, vacuum-sealed, bubble-wrapped package for you. And this is what you do. And don't you dare ask any questions. I was one of those anarchists you were talking about. I spent a lot <laughs> yeah, of time, that was neither- yeah, I spent a lot of time I'd in the hallway. Stop asking
2: questions, Susan. <laughs> Miles, stop asking questions.
1: Always, always. Even though
2: you're just going, I'm not trying to be an anarchist. I legit. I'm just trying to process this in my brain. So if you don't process it, like the rest of them, I just, that's PTSD in itself.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Feeling like you can't not even able to
2: process the
1: fear of not, not being able to process it. And then the fear of like, oh, I, I'm curious, but that's not good. And that's no. one of the worst things that you can put. Well, it's into a feeling abstain. of
3: helplessness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can't survive without these people exactly
1: exactly yeah yeah i know so the whole system needs to be overhauled and hopefully the the winds of change are are coming very very soon you know i mean it's gonna get worse before it gets better but yeah Be self-sufficient all if that's a start gardening start going within yourself work on your trauma you know the, the basics get back to the bare basics of human living and what that means to connect with yourself the people you love and with the earth you know ground yourself put your feet in the dirt and get that charge from the earth because there isn't a government on the planet that can give you that energy um any other questions for Judith before we ride off into the sunset, everybody?
0: I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. I know, I'm getting I on my... Like... I could
2: listen for days, but I know we only have like a half hour. So.
1: I know, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, but um, mm-hmm. Judith, we thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. This is really insightful.
0: Mm-hmm. And it thank you for awesome. teaching us all the forms of therapies that we didn't know existed. So, <laughs> Yeah. And well, everybody's walking well- away... Everybody's walking away with at least five books they can read today. So. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. What do you want to say, Judith? Oh, I just wanted to say one thing that a lot of people think they're crazy when they have these symptoms, you know, of feeling outside, if they're outside of their body or, or if they're having nightmares or if they can't, you know, they can't remember anything. They feel like they're going crazy. And so it's important to, for people to know that PTSD can take a lot of different forms. Mm-hmm. it's a really important thing and if it's i always tell people if it's something if you're having um symptoms that you didn't have before then that's your body's way of expressing trauma the trauma yeah.
0: well yeah because i i think for me i know for me personally when i got diagnosed with ptsd in my head i was like oh well i can't like have it that bad because i wasn't in the military and then i was just so worried about talking about it because it's like okay well I went through some shit and so this is why I have it, but I don't feel like it's as bad and so you compare. And so you're like, all right, well, I guess it's not too bad so I'll figure it out on my own, I don't need help for it. So yeah, you, it does make you feel a certain type of way and you're boxed in when people are defining it a certain way.
3: It's too bad, I wonder how many other people feel that way, that theirs isn't as bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Comparison is man's greatest insult and a thief of joy. You should only compare yourself to you yesterday and nobody today. And if you're not doing good today and you were yesterday, well, then your mind or your body is trying to send you a very important message that you shouldn't just ignore and walk over. You got to pay attention to that because it's not going to get better if you just ignore it. Way to
3: go, (laughs) Miles. I do what good. I can.
1: and do what i can uh once again judith thank you so much for joining us and thank you everybody who's watched and listened to this we really hope that you got as much out of this as i know we did absolutely uh make sure you follow us online at mad podcast on instagram i'm at miles weber joker on all the platforms and that fun stuff uh heather where can they follow you
0: just follow me at Mad Podcast. Yeah, just follow me. I, po- I don't post on Bodies by Heather. Let's be real.
1: I know, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So follow Go to the
0: podcast.
2: Go to the podcast, follow her
1: on there. And then Susan, you're at Susan Thompson, haha, right?
2: Yeah, Instagram or definitely on the podcast for sure.
1: Absolutely. We're active on there. Make sure that you uh, interact with us. Let us know your story, what's worked for you and and what you're going through. We got a whole little community that's starting to grow now online and uh, we're there for you everybody. So that being said, thank you so much for watching and listening and we will see you next time. Bye everybody.